Thank the Lord for the blood. Amen. It's good to see you all this morning, and uh, I'm going to have to preach fast. I can see that right now, but um, if you'll listen fast, I'll get it done. Amen. Um, I, I want to say this first of all. This message, um, probably 80% of the message is a testimony, and then I'll, get, I'll preach about 20% at the end. Amen. But um, Brother Vasek knows something happened to me about a year and a half ago, and and God kind of uh, used that uh, for, for this message. Uh, some of you prayed for me, um, but about a year and a half ago, it was, it was the Sunday before Christmas. We had just gotten to California and um, preaching for a young man that I've known since he's a teenager, and God uh, saved him, called him to preach, went to Bible college, pastor in a church, and I got to preach for him. And uh, <clears throat> the day started off really well. Uh, we were staying in a nice motel, and there was a, a Starbucks and a Krispy Kreme donuts across the street, and so the day started off really good, amen, and, um, and, and by the way, what I'm telling you, I don't have a clue about, I've, I don't know any of this that happened, my wife finally wrote a journal to tell me everything that happened, because I don't have, a, I don't know what happened, but uh, uh, we went to church that morning, and I told my wife, I said, uh, uh, something's wrong with me right now, and I, I, she thought it might have been AFib, I do AFib. But I said, if something doesn't happen, I may not be able to preach this morning. And so, uh, as my habit is, on Sunday mornings, I'll come up to the platform and I tune my guitar. I got an app on my phone, uh, a tuning thing. So I, I was up on the platform tuning my guitar. And she was just sitting back in a crowd somewhere. And she said one of the ladies of the church grabbed her by the elbow and turned her towards the platform area. And she said, when I looked up there at first, I didn't know what I was supposed to be looking at. And finally, she said, I kind of got focused in. And she said, I saw you laying down on top of your guitar with your head drooped down on the first step. And uh, so they ran up there. And, of course, one of the men said, don't move him. They thought maybe I'd fallen and broken my neck. And then somebody said, well, he's not breathing. So when they said that, they turned me over. And uh, my wife said, Does any, are there any nurses in the church? <laughs> Thank God there were. And uh, two nurses came in there, and they started doing CPR. I mean, of course, they called 911. The ambulance came, and they took over the CPR. They um, of course, they put the paddles on me and all the rest of it, and I don't know how long they worked with me, but uh, finally they told my wife, they said, well, his heart's not beating, he's not breathing, and we're taking him to the hospital. Uh, one of the nurses in the church saw one of the EMTs put my time of death on his glove, and uh, they, they put me in the ambulance, and, and uh, my wife and the pastor's wife um, were following in the ambulance, and they wouldn't let my wife ride in the ambulance with me, so... They got to the hospital, and, of course, my wife wanted to see what was going on. Well, they started whisking her into the finance department, you know. <laughs> she said, I want to see if the old coot's alive before I start paying money, amen. So, <laughs> so um, she went to the emergency room doors and was just kind of trying to overhear what the MTs were talking about. And <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, they said that uh, I came, my heart started beating on the way to the hospital. And uh, which tells me God's still in the resurrection business, amen, because they were, they were done. I mean, they were done with me. And, and I, when I found all that out, I, I thought, man, I wish I was there when they saw me come back, amen. <laughs> I wish I'd been there. But uh, got to the hospital, and, of course, uh, I guess 25 minutes without my heart beating. So the big issue is, is the brain. And so they put me in a hyperthermiated state for about a day and a half, almost two days, and, which just means I was chilling for two days, amen. And, <laughs> And uh, my wife was really concerned about the temperature. They had a thermometer at the end of the bed, and it said 32 degrees. And she questioned them. She said, isn't that too cold, you know? And, 
And then she found out I was Celsius. Amen. It was only like 87, 88, 8 degrees. Amen. So I was all right. But, uh, of course, they paralyzed me as well, so I wouldn't shiver, because if you shiver, you'll bring your body temperature up. They didn't want that. So uh, paralyzed and then uh, cold state for about two days. And um, <laughs> Christmas Day <laughs> is um, when I came out. And um, Brother, um, I'll tell you that in a minute. Brother, Brother Clark has a story about that. But uh, uh, Christmas Day, they took the breathing tube out. And um, the respiratory therapist that took the tube out turned to my wife and he says, you don't know how fortunate you are. He said, most of the times when I pull this out, it's not because they're alive. And after he said that, the nurse that was standing by there said, and those that do don't come back. And she was talking about the brain. And of course, I don't remember this either, but my wife said, when that nurse said that, I said, I'm coming back. <laughs> and it sounds like a cool thing. I wish I remembered saying it, amen, but I don't remember saying it. <laughs> but um, coming back was slow with my mind especially um, as soon as they left the room my wife said I looked at her and I had questions in my eyes and she says where are you and what happened to you <laughs> I said yes where am I and what happened to me the last thing I remember is a fishing trip in Louisiana <laughs> that's the last thing I remember amen and uh, somehow I got to California in a hospital <laughs> but uh, I had a lot of questions amen so uh, but every 20 minutes she had to tell me why I was there and what happened to me and um, she said she told the Lord after a while uh, she said Lord I think I had grace if he had died I think I had grace to, that I could get through that but she said if I'm gonna have to tell him every 20 minutes Amen. She said, I don't, I don't think I have grace for that. Amen. And so, so they really began being concerned about my memory. And a um, couple of, you know, why, my, my question was, you know, why am I here? What happened to me? And my other questions was, why did I die and why did I come back? Um, and so I was kind of contemplating on that. And God showed me why I died uh, as it is appointed and a man wants to die. And after this, a judgment. We're all going to die. Amen. And, and so we're all going to die sometime. I didn't know I was going to die then. Uh, I'm a preacher. I preach death is sure. Amen. Uh, but I never thought I would die. Amen. I've been ta talking about the rapture for years. I just knew I'd go up in the rapture. I never considered that I'd ever die. But I did. And I blew it came back. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, but why I came back, I, I, uh, my wife and I both have different reasons why I came back. My wife for a month or so before that, uh, and for four of the months, had been meditating on the Bible, on things, big things that God did in the Bible. I mean, raising people from the dead, and you know all the all the things He did. And she, she said, just in my private time with God, she said, God, I've seen You do things, you know, uh, you know, since I've been saved. But she said, I've never. I want to see something big. And so thank you very much for that. Amen. Amen. I'm glad I could cooperate, amen, and work that thing with you. But another reason why I came back, as far as she's concerned, was because she said when I was laying there on the platform, she says, God, he can't die. I don't know our passwords to our bank accounts. I don't know where he wants to be buried. I don't know if we have life insurance. She said, God, he can't die right now, amen. So that's, that's her reason why I didn't. And, um, and I have a totally different reason. Um, I always told my family and close friends, I said, if God ever gave me a Martin guitar and a pickup truck, I could just die and go to heaven. 
Well, two years ago, Solid Rock, Brother Clark's church, gave me this Martin guitar. And um, I think I got halfway up to heaven, and God said, oh, the pickup truck. So he, he let me go. Amen. Amen. You'll have to choose which one of those is the truth. Amen. But, but that, that's it. Amen. But uh, like I said, my, my short-term memory was really, really bad. I mean, somebody could come in and visit me. I knew who they were. But as soon as they left, I forgot they came. And uh, so just real issue about that. And, and, uh, and a lot of it was dark days. You know, my wife at first, she said, are you mad? You know, but really nobody brought me back. I mean, God just brought me back. She thought maybe I'd already gone to heaven. I, I said, no, I don't. It's all black. I don't remember anything. But um, she started playing music in the room, just my favorite groups and different things to maybe get my mind back and get focused. And, and um, I mean, I listened to Rochester's and the Clark family, and we had just made our new CD, and she started playing that. And um, the song we sung first this, this morning was a song, the first memory I have in the hospital. Uh, <laughs> I love the precious name of Jesus. Amen. And uh, she took a picture, and I, I do remember, but I didn't know that is my first memory. But I remember laying in the bed, hearing that song, and had both my hands up in the air, worshiping the Lord. Amen. Amen. And uh, I just appreciate the Lord. And uh, so uh, I began to get out of it, began to get out of the, the clouds and get out of the fuzz and the fog. Um, uh, <laughs> matter of fact, the anesthesia, I'm the respiratory therapist, and um, my wife said I had such a hard time with that breathing tube. Uh, um, when he pulled it out, she says, I started crying and thanking him and told him I loved him. <laughs> now, now, this is in San Francisco now. So, <laughs> and uh, so I was crying and telling him I loved him. And she said, he started crying and said he loved me too. <laughs> Amen. But, uh, um, I don't remember much of anything in the hospital, but... Uh, from what they tell me, I had a great time in the hospital. Amen. <laughs> they had the trauma. I don't remember anything that happened. You know, it's, and I wish I did. You know, because if it happened again, I wouldn't know what's happening. Because I don't know how it feels. Uh, I think you just die. I, that's. Um, but uh, anyway, I um, began trying to ask God. You know, why? You know, what, are you teaching me something? Or what am I going through here? Um, but that's my first memory. Is, is uh, I love the precious name of Jesus. My first. Scripture, I remember, I, I would always listen to the proverb of the day, you know, and I got this British guy on my iPhone that says it, you know, so I learned how to pronounce words too. Um, but uh, I, I was listening, um, and so I remember on the 27th of December, um, it was the first time I could function where I remembered my iPhone and remembered how to get the scriptures. And so I turned that on and hit 27. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. That's the first verse that I heard in the hospital. I, I turned it off after that first verse and got to thinking about it. Wow. I didn't plan on dying, that's for sure. My family didn't plan on me dying, but it happened. And so I began to ask God, to teach me some things about what had happened and maybe some things I could share with people. And this is what God gave me. Um, first of all, um, I hope there's somebody in here that can start beating on me again. If it happens to me again. I'm not the first person that has died at church. 
Is there anybody here that can do that? CPR and all that? Amen. Thank you very much. Amen. Um, now, they didn't save my life. God is the one who brought me back, but they saved my brain. I at least had some kind of blood going through there. And so that's, that's just one thing. Another thing, you, you couples, and I don't care if you've been married 50 years or just got married, know each other's passwords to the bank accounts. No, no. <laughs> Know where the old coop wants, what hole he wants to be put in, amen, where it is, amen. If, you, if the old guy has life insurance or if the old lady has life insurance, amen, you need to know those things. Now, now listen, we weren't planning on it. We weren't planning on it. And I know some of you young people say, yeah, you're an old geezer, you're going to just die. I wasn't thinking about dying. I still play football, I still play baseball, I still jump off cliffs in the lakes, amen. I live, I do, I live, amen. I'm not a dyer, I'm a liver. And uh, so I, I'm just saying, know, know, know those things about each other and what you, what you want, because it could, it could happen. I don't care how old you are. The next day, in the obituary, San, San Francisco Chronicle, there were probably two pages of death notices. And I wasn't in it. <laughs> but there was a 14-year-old that was. And there was a 27-year-old that was. And there was a 40-year-old that was. I'm just so, death has, has no respect for persons. You better be ready. Amen. Because it's going to happen to you. Death is sure. It's a sure thing. We're not going to, death rate is 100%. One day we're going to die. So you need to be prepared for that. So uh, just, um, just some Practical things like that. Uh, oh, I hate this point, and my wife loves this point, uh, and she would love for me to just keep. But um, watch what you eat. People just say, "Oh, you're so skinny," and all that. You know, it just—it's got nothing to do with skinny. It has something to do with fat that's going through your vessels, amen. Blood vessels, amen. My my blood—I didn't know it then, but my blood. When it would go through, he said, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, amen, going through all that junk, amen, to get through, and uh, it just closed up one day. It's what they call the widow maker for obvious reasons, and I just died, blockages, amen. So uh, you don't have to have fried food every meal, fellas. <laughs> hey, I don't like what I'm seeing either. <laughs> don't, don't look at me, man. I don't, I don't like it either, but my wife wants me to hang around, amen. I've learned how to eat grilled fish and Amen. And a lot of fish, a lot of fish. Amen. But I like fish. Amen. It's a good thing. But uh, just some practical things. Uh, a little more serious, though. Um, if there's someone that you have problems with, get it right. Get it right. It's not that important. Whatever the issue was, it's not that important. Get it right. And I can tell you what the issue, the bottom line of the issue is. Only by pride cometh contention. The bottom, the root is pride. Either yours or theirs, but you can't do anything about theirs, so do something about yours. Take the blame if you have to. But it's not that important. Um, I, there was somebody in, 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 our, in our realm, uh, just, just a, a love and and, and everything, and, and uh, just something happened, made some decision they didn't agree with, whatever, and, and um, they wouldn't take my calls, they wouldn't text me, you know, all that. And my wife said one of the first questions I had, 
was as so and so called. That was important to me. And she said, Yeah, they called. They called. But if I hadn't come to, if I hadn't come back, if I had died, they couldn't make that call. Don't wait till they die and it's wish. I wish I had I wish I had gotten right with them. I wish we'd straightened that out. I would no, do it right now. Do it right now. As soon as church is over, give them a call. Take the blame. Yeah, just take the blame. Amen. Anybody get that? Amen. Um, just some other things and, and of course, uh, first of all, if if you're living not living for the Lord, start living for him. Amen. We only have one life. And most people blow their lives on the world and on themselves. It's so vain. It's so vain. Make your life count for something. I mean, at least make somebody miss you when you're gone. <laughs> Amen. I, I preached the message last week about the, the lady... Um, that, that Peter had come to this little town and the lady had died, Dorcas, she had died. And, and when he came to the town, um, people started showing her, showing them the things that she had made for them, little blankets and jackets and whatever she had made. She was a seamstress, whatever. And he said, where, where is she? And they said, well, she's laid up. And he said, well, take me to her. And he, he went into her and resurrected her. Resurrected her. <laughs> I was reading that one time and just saw that, you know, first they started showing how much of a blessing she was to them and all she had done. And then Peter went and resurrected her. And God gave me this thought. He said, if you kicked off, would you be worth resurrecting? If you was a church member, member of this church right here, if you kicked off, would preacher have to come up next Sunday and say, listen, brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so has passed away. And these jobs are left undone now. Well, they have to make that announcement after you kick off. I remember years ago, Brother Jack Wood, he pastored down in Houston, Texas for years, but uh, one of the elderly ladies in the church had passed away. And uh, two weeks later, almost three weeks later maybe, he got up to preach, and he hadn't preached five minutes. And finally he just shuts his Bible, and he said, I can't preach. He said, Sister so-and-so prayed for me from my messages every Sunday morning and said, she's gone. He said, somebody's got to take her place. And the church just came out. The altar started praying. And God touched two or three ladies in the church that I'll pray for. I'll pray for. I'll pray for you. Amen. I don't care. It, you may, it's song leading. The position's already taken care of. Pastor, the position's already taken care of. There's something in here that you can do and only you can do. You need to find out what it is. Get it figured out. Find out what it is. Amen. Um, if you're going to live for the Lord, live for him. Um, if you're in sin, get out. There are some people in the Bible that we see that died because of their sin. Because of their sin. Now, the wages of sin is death. We're all going to die. But there are some people in the Bible that died because of their sin. Preacher mentioned it during, during the, the Lord's the table just a while ago. First uh, Corinthians chapter 11, 28 through 31. They're taking the Lord's Supper unworthily. He said, because, and said, some of you take it unworthily. He said, many are sick among you and some sleep. They died. Amen. It makes a difference how you behave in church. Amen. Uh, if you're in sin, get out. 
I, I'd hate to have to just, <laughs> Brother Harold Seidler said this. He said, are you going to go into heaven and God crown you? Or is God going to crown you and take you to heaven? Amen. Y'all not getting that. Amen. Boink. Amen. Crown you. Amen. I don't want God to crown me and take me to heaven. I want him to take, yeah, go to heaven and then crown me. Amen. So anyway, I'm hurrying. I'm trying to get through this. Amen. Uh, if you're going to do something for the Lord, do it. Now, the title of this message is Now. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. All you know you have is now. So if you're going to live for the Lord, you better live for him now. If, if you're going to get right with somebody, you better get right with them now. This is the only time you know you have. If, if you're going to do something for the Lord, I suggest, re highly recommend doing it now. You know, people have all these excuses why they don't serve the Lord now, amen. Uh, young people, well, when I, when I grow up, well, I know 50-year-olds 50 50 that haven't grown up yet. Amen. Uh, when, when are you going to grow up? Uh, and, and uh, you know, teenagers, well, when I get out and just explore the world, then I'm going to serve the Lord. Well, when they get out, they go to college, they got two jobs, they're going to college. Well, now they, they still can't serve the Lord. Then they get out of college, they get married, they got two or three kids, they got two or three jobs that's here. They still can't serve the Lord. And then they get, then they get rid of the kids and they become snowbirds and travel all the time. You can't even find them in church. When is it going to be convenient to serve the Lord? It never is. If you're going to serve the Lord, you better do it right now. I got a friend up in Lansing, Michigan. You probably know him, Brother Green, Don Green. Uh, his dad, Harold Green, felt a call to preach when he was about 28, 29 years old. And his pastor told him, you're too old. He said, by the time you go to seminary, Bible college and seminary, you'll be almost 40 years old. And he said, you're too old. And I, I just believe, to my, personally, I believe he wanted to keep him there and help him. Amen. Staying in the church with him. But he didn't go. He followed his pastor's advice, didn't go. He was 49 years old, and his son-in-law was helping him roof his house. His son-in-law had just finished the first year at uh, J. Frank Norris' school down in Arlington, Texas. And he said, um, Harold, didn't somebody told me that God had called you to preach years ago? He said, yeah, he did. He says, when are you going to do it? 49 years old. You're talking about too old? 49 years old. He sold his house, went down to Arlington, Texas, went to college, got out in three years, came back to Michigan, started 13 churches, trained over 100 preachers, 30-year ministry, passed away when he's in his early 80s. It's never too late to serve the Lord. And I'm not talking about preaching, although maybe God has, maybe has called you to preach. I'm just talking about whatever God has for you, find out what it is and get busy doing it because today might be your last day. Amen. And job security? Talk about job security. Amen. There's sinners everywhere. I mean, my job, I'm an evangelist. My job security, I mean, people are backslid everywhere. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It's job security. There's always something to do to serve the Lord. Amen. If you're not serving him, serve the Lord. Amen. Uh, now, if you're not saved, you better get saved now. 
Now, maybe you don't understand what I mean by now. In Africa, in South Africa, I've been there a few times, they, got, they say now, they say now, now, and they say just now. Now could be next week. I mean, it's just sometime in the future, early future. When they say now, now, you know, sometime today, when they say just now, that means now. Well, we, amen. And some Christians, when they say now, and when they hear the preacher say now, well, I'll get around to it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just now. I'm talking about today. I'm talking about right now. If you're not saved, you do not know. You say, oh, you preachers, you scare us. I died in church. Okay, so let me back up and say this one more time. If you're not saved, I'm not even saying wait to the invitation and get saved today. I'm saying get saved right now. Preacher, I remember one service that I preached in the middle of the message. A guy gets up crying, going to the altar. He said, I got to get saved now. I was preaching a great message, and he interrupted this message. <laughs> I want to say, sir, can you not wait to the invitation like everybody else does? If you got up from your seat and walked down here, it wouldn't disturb me. That means you got the message now. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Now is the only time you know you got. Now, I know you're looking at me and you say, well, you know, it happened to me. You know, now I've preached. Preachers preach. I mean, that's what we do. We preach and we try to warn people and, and we give illustrations about, you know, I knew this guy and he's in church and he had a stroke and he died. And, well, it happened to me. And it's no respect to a person. It can happen to you. If you're going to get saved, you better get saved now. Now, if, if you're not saved, come on right now. If you're intimidated, just right there in your seat. Say, God, I'm a sinner. I'm a mess. And I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross of Calvary and he resurrected the third day. I believe he's alive. And I want you to save me right now. If you're not saved, get saved now. If you're not living for the Lord, live for him now. Amen. If you got sin in your life, get it out now. Now you may be, listen, the way that it happened to me, I've got three choices to die. I don't know. I hope God gives me one of them. I got three choices that I've chosen to die. And I got one of them and I blew it. I had a friend in Evansville, Indiana, a preacher friend that passed away. And they said, oh, pray for Brother Ford's family. He said, he had a massive heart attack. He was dead before he hit the ground. Yes. I want to be dead before I hit the ground. It's going to hurt when you hit that ground if you're not already dead. Amen. I want to be dead before I hit the ground. That was one of my choices. It happened. I don't know how I blew it, but I blew it. Amen. Another choice. And, and you... Let me say this. Some of you right now, you, don't, you can't make fun of dying because you're not ready. But I think dying's the only way you can get to heaven right now. <laughs> Amen. Nice place. 
Massive heart attack. That's one good way. Another one is a horrible car wreck. A horrible one. Amen. Oh, bro, if you ever hear the news, oh, poor bl Brother Blanco, man, had a, massive, had, had a car wreck. I mean, it was so bad, he didn't even know what hit him. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to know what hits me. <laughs> I just want to wake up in heaven and say, God, how did I get here? And he said, oh, you don't want to know. You don't even want to know. Amen. Oh, it severed his head. His head was laying on the street. Oh, poor. Yes. <laughs> Amen. I doubt I'd feel anything. Amen. And that's the way I get to heaven. Or the rapture. The rapture. I mean, I'm, I'm, listen, when, when I was young, when I first got saved, Preachers preached on it two out of the three services they had. They preached on the rapture. And then, you know, he didn't come, so that, I guess they just given up on him. He that shall come will come and will not tarry. He's coming. Have you been reading the paper? Have you been watching the news? I mean, something's going on around here that has never happened before. Everybody knows something is up. Listen, every, the world knows something's up. And they also know something's down. He's coming. So I'm saying, you, you might be, you know, say, well, yeah, you know, I'm going to die sometime, but, but I'm healthy and, and I've run. And, you know, I've ran before I had this. I mean, my, as a matter of fact, my cardiologist was going to put me on a treadmill. He says, what do you do for activity? I said, well, I run almost every day. He said, you run? I said, yeah. He said, you probably won't need a cardi the treadmill then if you hadn't had a heart attack already. <laughs> well... Just, I'm just waiting, amen. But you might be healthy, and you might eat right, and you might be safe. You, you drive a Volvo. It's got airbags everywhere. Just, amen. So you're, you're good. You're good. You're, you're healthy. You're safe. You're good. If the Lord comes back in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, now, I've been preaching this ever since I've been preaching. And he hadn't come back. And you know, the Bible doesn't say, you know, we sing that song, Jesus is coming soon. And some of the new translations say that, that he, behold, he cometh soon. No, it don't say that. Because I'm telling you, 2,000 years ain't soon. It says he comes quickly. Behold, he cometh quickly. I used to play a game when I was a kid. Um, I didn't cheat at games. I'm, I'm stupid to cheat at games. But one game I cheated in, <coughs> it was hide and seek. You know, we'd play in the neighborhood. We'd put our head against the tree or the telephone pole. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45. You, you count to 100. And then you turn around and you say, ready or not, here I come. Ready or not, he's coming. Now, let me, let, me, let me explain to you how much I believe this, that he could come right now. Brother, what's your name? Fred. Fred? I mean, Fred. Amen. Fred, if one minute from now we're about 60,000 feet up in the air, I'm not going to have a shocked look on my face. 
I'll probably say, told you. <laughs> He's coming. Amen. It's not going to surprise me if he came before this service is over. It wouldn't surprise me a bit. Nothing has to happen in prophecy for him to come back. Amen. It's just he just waiting on his clock. There's a time when he's going to come. We don't know when that is. Ready or not, he's coming. Are you ready? Saved? Keeping your sin account short? Confessing it as soon as it happens. You confess it. You don't just live in sin. Amen. You serving the Lord? Serving the Lord? Are you doing what you can in this church? Are you doing what you can in your community? Serving the Lord? Amen. Ready or not? He's coming. Once he comes, you can't serve him anymore down here. Once he comes, if you're not saved, you'll never get saved. Oh, if I see everybody going up in the air, I'll, I'll believe. No, the Bible says you'll believe a strong delusion. You won't believe. I've already seen the magazine racks, you know, aliens abduct millions They'll have, an ex they'll have an explanation, and you'll say, oh, that's, that's probably what happened. Yeah. He's coming. You better be ready now. If you're not serving him, better start serving him now. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Appreciate you. Thank you for the word of God. God, sometimes I... I think about that rich man in hell. He asked Abraham to send Lazarus to warn his brothers. And he said, if they don't believe the prophets, Moses and the prophets, they won't believe even though one rose from the dead. So, Lord, I've been preaching this morning about coming back to life from the dead I'm thinking, sure they'll listen to me, but that's not going to get it done. They'll have to believe the Word of God. But God, I pray you'd help somebody today that's not saved to realize that they don't really have a choice when they're going to die. But they do have a choice this morning whether or not they get saved. And Lord, th those of us that are saved, we ought to realize that if we're going to serve the Lord today, probably would be a good day for it. We don't know we have tomorrow. So God, do work in our hearts. God, please save somebody. Help somebody, Lord, to get right with you. Help somebody to text somebody, get somebody saved. Lord, I didn't even mention that, but Lord, another reason why we need to live like it's now, we, we need to start telling other people about the Lord because we may die before we can tell them. They may die before we can tell them. But God, help us to be busy about your business till you come or until you take us. In Jesus.